Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, the Saddledome in Calgary. The Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Game 1, Battle of Alberta. Round 2 series starts tonight. Quick text from Randy in Brooks, Alberta. He says, Bob, the last 9-5 bloat game actually will help Edmonton with the start of the series, in my opinion, says Randy. The order of players will be all business, need discipline, back-checking, and goaltending to be the focus. That one comes to us for Randy. So you tell me, give me the scouting report. What do the orders need to do? Hey, virtually every expert and pundit has picked the Calgary Flames in this series. One guy that I know of said the Edmonton Oilers were going to be the dark horse team to watch all season. And he is going to join us right now in the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. And Brian Lott, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, now with the NHL Network, at least for now with the NHL Network. Uh, uh, courtesy of Cadian Custom Built Homes, check out the Cadian Show Home de Juliet and Sherwood Park Golf Estates. For more information, head to CadianCustomHomes.com. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I am doing fantastic. I am sticking with my pick of the Edmonton Oilers to still keep surprising people. I did pick them in this round to beat the Calgary Flames. So I'm not with 95% of the population in Alberta, but I still think they can do it. Although I do have one trivia question for you quickly. I am in the borough of a former American Calgary Flames as I'm in New York City, could you tell me where I'm at? You're in a borough? Yes, I'm inside Manhattan. I'm in one area or region that's very famous. And it's a place that you'll never go. That's what the name starts with. University. <laughs> Did you say university? <laughs> okay, university. It's a name. It's a name of. A, it's a New York borough that is the name. Of a former Calgary Flame. Not of a name, of a where a former American Calgary Flame. Who oh, jo- uh, Joe, Joey Mullen. Joey Mullen was from. Uh, it, was that it is jo- correct. I am, I am in Hell's Kitchen. That's the place you'll never go. Hell. Yes. Well, uh, some might debate that. Yeah, and and you can maybe <laughs> you can educate our listeners. The Mullins were they not roller skaters that became? Uh, that's where they started. Was on roller skates. That is exactly true. They were roller hockey players from New York City, and I am where they grew up right now, just making my way across the city. Oh, that is awesome. Uh, well, Joey Mullen was, no pun intended, a hell of a player. I mean, he was a great finisher, multiple 40-goal seasons. He might have got 50 one year. Uh, but he was, they had the one year in Calgary, Brian, when you were playing with Minnesota where they had the four 40-plus goal scores, but the Oilers beat him in the 87-88 playoffs. I mean, you, 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 you didn't play at Edmonton in Calgary, but at the time that you were in the league, were they not two of the three best teams in the National Hockey League many of the seasons? They were. They absolutely were. The Calgary Flames were They were, were built for very, very heavy hockey back then. And they had a lot of tremendous players and great names. Hawk and Lube, Al McKinnis, of course, Lanny McDonald, Hunter, Hunter um, Jim Kablinski, you name it. I remember those teams like it was yesterday. 
Uh, by the way, uh, Joey Mullen did score 51 goals in 1988-89. Uh, I mentioned 87-88, the Oilers beating the Flames, and the Flames had the four 40 goal scores that year. He had 40 that season. So, I mean, he was a... Uh, a, a, a what? Well, I think he was the first American to score 500 goals in the NHL, wasn't he? He was. He was. And he was a little bit of a forgotten guy in American folklore history regarding hockey because he, he didn't play on the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. He turned professional instead back before that season. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, look, this is a huge deal in this province. You know that. Uh, and we got the Battle of Florida taking place down in Florida. But we haven't had a Battle of Alberta since the Roller Ball on Ice No Country for Old Men series back in 1991 where the teams beat the living you-know-what out of each other. And it was awesome as long as you weren't actually on the ice playing in it. I think it was pretty awesome for the players as well. So everyone's stoked and pumped up to see it. We're going to have Kevin Lowe on a little bit later on. Wayne was on on Monday. By the way, Wayne did not say on our show that he was picking Calgary, but I guess subsequent to that, he has. Um, why are you, why do you, th- what, why did you pick Edmonton, and what do you think Edmonton needs to do to have success against Calgary in this series, Brian? Well, first off, you know, if we evaluate him from Jay Woodcroft forward, everybody does know that Calgary has played no better than Edmonton since the change. As a matter of fact, they're pretty darn close, almost exactly equal. So their quality of their game is there. When they get goaltending, they're as good as anybody. Can Mike Smith compete with Jacob Markstrom? I think he can. And he's one of those guys that gets on a roll. You know, I don't know if the fans realize that Mike Smith has one of the best save percentages in the playoffs of anybody. Uh, it's really incredible. So he's got to play well. Connor McDavid has definitely, uh, I hate to say this because it sounds insulting to him, but he's taken his game to another level. And I think we saw that in game six and seven against L.A. where he just was not going to accept losing in the first round. And when he comes out and he's one of your more physical players and leads by example that way, it's hard not to jump on that bandwagon when you're a player. So I, I think it's going to be, pardon the pun, a hell of a series. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a 50-50 for me. It by no means will be a kickoff for Calgary. I think Calgary's going to uh, – Dallas was a really good matchup probably in Daryl Sutter's eyes for them, playing the type of hockey they want to play, the type of hockey they're comfortable with. But ultimately, uh, there's a lot of guys on Calgary that are comfortable to play an up-tempo game like Edmonton. And we're going to see some low-scoring games. We're going to see a lot of physicality. But we're also going to see at least a couple of shootouts in the series. I can't tell you when they'll come in the series, but uh, I am as fired up as everybody else is in Alberta to watch this one. Brian, when you played, there might have been, I mean, you guys had guys that could look after you with Minnesota, uh, but you look at, uh, you know, Edmonton and Calgary, Philadelphia, they, they, those teams were, you know, the Oilers had three or four guys that were, you know, the McSorleys and uh, Semenko initially, and then McClellan, and then McSorley, and later Dave Brown. And Calgary, I think, has, I know Nashville led the lead in fighting majors. 
I, I actually wanted to see Nashville play Calgary, but not once they lost UC Saros. Um, I, I think Calgary's got the toughest team in the league. If you're Jay Woodcroft in the Oilers, you just avoid engaging in any post-whistle stuff because the Flames seem to have that as part of their modus operandi against Dallas. They went after Klingberg a lot in the series. Um, what do you do in that scenario if you're Edmonton? Uh, I think it's fair to say that Calgary is the toughest team in the league, but it's not what it used to be. Wow. It's not, you know, four, five, six, seven players deep that can claim that. Obviously, with Jessica Branson, you know, they've got other players that are comfortable dropping the gloves. Zadorov's a big guy, but uh, I, I just don't see it being a problem for Edmonton, and mostly because the officiating has neutered that to some degree um, pretty significantly, really. The games are still physical. It's still incredibly dangerous out there, make no mistake. But it's not like it used to be. I'm hoping we see some great hitting. Yes, I expect us to see some fisticuffs, but we're not going to see 1980-type hockey. Uh, if we do, then the Oilers will have to look no further than Dave Manson. Maybe he can go out there and take a shift. <laughs> he'd be about as comfortable as anybody out there. Well, the problem for Edmonton is their best fighter might be their goaltender, Mike Smith. I mean, Darnell hasn't been in a fight all year. He's playing with an injury. Leon Dreisaitl, obviously not a fighter. He's playing with an injury. That's where I want to go next. Every team's got guys that are out. Some players can play hurt. Some guys can't. Uh, Tanev came out the other night. Sounds like he's back in for this one to start the series, and he's sort of gone head-to-head against Connor McDavid. But just, you know, does it change the complexion of the series knowing that Leon Dreisaitl, who is a top-five player in the world, a 50-goal scorer might have to play exclusively left wing because he's been dealing with a lower body issue after getting cleaved by Mikey Anderson in L.A. in Game 6. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's an X-factor for me, for Edmonton, to be honest with you. Um, You know, it's clear that Leanna's not 100%. Obviously, a lot of rumors of injuries. Sickness, you name it, it's all floating around out there. I asked Ken Holland that yesterday on XM Radio. He didn't really get into it. I said, don't tell me any trade secrets, but what do you think of Dreisaitl? And he just said, this guy's a warrior. He's one of those guys that's going to play through everything and anything that is humanly possible, and I give him a lot of credit for that in the first round because it's obvious he was hurting. Um, How he is now, all you can do is hope that some of this brief rest helps. I actually thought maybe watching the LA series, and I never spoke to anybody about this, but I was watching it thinking maybe he doesn't even play game one or two because I do think it's going to be a long series. No one wants to give away games, but um, that would have been one strategy and would have at least been discussed, I'd have to imagine, between uh, the coaching staff and management for Edmonton. And it sounds like uh, that's not the direction, but I think it's literally minute to minute with his status. I, I really couldn't believe that. Well, again, yesterday, Ken Holland said in Oilers now that uh, because we had not seen Evander Kane or Leon Dreisaitl or Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the ice for practice yet uh, through the, uh, Monday and Tuesday, he said all three players would be available uh, for the opening game on Wednesday night. All right, now I'm going to – you brought up direction. Uh, and we're not talking one direction. We're talking the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, you, you drafted Steven Stamkos and – 
Uh, Victor Hedman in uh, Tampa Bay, and I'd just like to get your thoughts. Uh, Brennan Shanahan saying basically the Shanahan plan continues. They're going to keep going down the path of what they got. How? What did you think of that series? I, I've talked to a couple people here that worked that series. They didn't think Tampa Bay played that well, and Toronto lost the series. They, they thought that Tampa didn't get to their game in that series. I'd like to get your thoughts, Brian. They didn't. Toronto certainly gave them everything they could handle, and it's not like Tampa was terrible. They were just, they played like champions when they had to. They rose up to the occasion, including Andre Vasilevsky, who was very human-like, to be honest with you, through the first six games. He gave up three or more goals. I would have never guessed that. Um, He was able to lock it down more in game seven. But uh, ultimately for Toronto, they had 115 points. They had 54 wins. They had a really good series, if not for the fact that they haven't gotten out of the first round in six years now. uh, We wouldn't even be talking about it, but because they didn't, and it's Toronto, it's a lot of pressure. Should those guys have stayed? I actually think they should. Uh, but if it doesn't happen next year, I'd say that's probably the end of it, no matter what the circumstances are. It was unfortunate. If I look at Toronto not making the playoffs, I felt like in the past they've had better opportunities than to draw the Tampa Bay Lightning in round yeah. one. Yeah. That's just the way it worked out. But they've done a lot of good things. They've pushed the limits everywhere possible. I almost don't even know if it would have been fair to bring somebody else in because I, I this is going to be a really challenging offseason for this group. They have no goaltending. They have one goaltender that they don't want on their roster, not at the salary he's making. Um, they're going to lose some players like Mikhaev that I thought played excellent for them, guys that you'd like to keep, but that's not going to be possible. They're probably going to have to finally do what I – I give the Leafs a hard time. It's always about the same thing. I've said it from day one going back really three years. I don't like the asset allocation of their dollars in terms of how much they have in their top forwards. Everybody knows that, but they've been reluctant to move a guy, and they don't really have a lot of choices. You're not going to be able to move John Tavares. You don't want to move Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, so you're really only looking at Nylander, and I do think they will finally make that decision. I felt like they should have made it two years ago. It was obvious. It's preventing their team from enhancing themselves on the blue line, and they're going to need some of that money this year, probably even after paying somebody to take Morazic to get a goaltender in there. So a lot of challenges for them. Rack it back one more year, see how these guys do, um, and then I, I think they'll be judged on that next year. Two things for you. You know, Bill Armstrong's willing to take other people's one man's junk is another man's treasure, especially if the treasure includes a second-round pick. Uh, and then the other thing I was going to say, talk about delusion of grandeur. I, I hear people in Toronto saying, well, maybe we can get Tom Wilson for Nylander. First of all, Nylander's yeah. way more money. And secondly, Tom Wilson's a unicorn in this league. Why would Washington yeah, do no. No, they, they would never do that. And those things sound good. And believe me, I've been there. And, you know, everybody has ideas. But there's a difference between dreams and, you know, real concrete ideas. You know, what could they get for Willie Nylander? Uh, undetermined right now, you'd like to think they could potentially get a top 4D. 
that would maybe change their lives. They clear, clearly can score enough. Um, maybe somehow they work in a, another acquisition. You know, it just depends. I'd imagine Philadelphia Flyers who are trying to undergo a massive, you know, retool in one year. You know, you'd have to start shopping there pretty quickly. Maybe, you know, there's some guys there that you believe in, uh, Sandheim or somebody like that. I don't think they could go for a Provorov. I think his money's that doesn't solve the Leafs' problem. So they, they they got a lot of challenges. It's not going to be easy if they get it done, though, somehow, and figure out how to at least get out of the first round next year. Then those guys should stay. Yeah. But for this year, honestly, if I'd been on the board of uh, MLS, I would have absolutely uh, kept those guys. I just think they had that exceptional year. All right, final one. Did we lose? No, I think we still have Brian. Brian, final one for you. Oh, no, I'm still here. All right, final one. Where's Barry Trotz going to end up, Vegas? Uh, I think, you know, it was very interesting that he was in Winnipeg, obviously, to interview there. Things are happening pretty fast on that one. If they don't happen, as in be completed really quickly, I think it'll only be because Barry Trotz is thinking about it, not because the teams are. I think he's got an open invitation. It was a shock that Lou Lamoureux let him go. It wasn't as much a shock that he hired his assistant, even though he said that he, Lou Lamoureux said he thought he needed the team needed a new voice. Uh, it's not uncommon for the assistant coach to have a completely different approach than the head coach. But Barry Trotz, to me, is one of the finest human beings in the National Hockey League. We're lucky to have him. And uh, if he wants to coach again, and if he wants it to be in Winnipeg or Vegas, I can't see how that wouldn't happen. Good stuff. Uh, Brian, love it. Enjoy Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Some of us just want to escape from New York. Where's Snake Plifton when you want him? Uh, for those of you old schoolers, you'll know what I'm talking about. Think uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, there you go. 1251 in Edmonton. We're going to get to some of your texts. We'll tell you that uh, guests and owners now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to open up the phone lines today at 1 o'clock. Battle of Alberta. Your favorite Battle of Alberta moments. And conversely, also an opportunity to talk about what you think are the keys for the Edmonton Oilers to win the series. So have at her. We'll open up the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. When we come back, the Oilers now injury report. I'll get to a couple texts. It's 1252 in Edmonton. Connor McDavid leads NHL scoring in the playoffs. Four goals, 14 points in seven games, plus 10. Not a bad series against L.A. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you at 1255 in Edmonton by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown from James H. Brown, uh, I would suggest to you the last 35 years has been the best football player produced out of the University of Alberta. Of course, uh, went on to win uh, a great cup with the Edmonton Eskimos, a two-time CFL All-Star as well. Yes, they were called the Edmonton Eskimos back then. I know they're the Edmonton Elks. Um, James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. They're the best. Leon Dreisaitl, we think, uh, is, uh, you know, is, is going to go. Uh, it's interesting what Brian Lawton said. There might be an argument made. Do you sit him out the first two games on the road to try to buy him some time? Uh, Dreisaitl, die, obviously, uh, 
dealing with a high ankle situation. Chris Tanev, undisclosed for Calgary, uh, appears that he's going to be in the lineup. Oliver Shillington was knocked out of Game 7 briefly as well. He's had a tremendous year. That pairing's been really good. Uh, those guys on the season, just to put things in perspective for you, uh, Shillington finished plus 34, Tanev plus 35. I mean, the Flames had some ridiculous numbers. They were the best five-on-five team in the NHL this season. They're good. They got a good team. It's going to be a major undertaking for Edmonton. For you golfers out there, if you're looking for a bucket list experience, you can join New West Travel in uh, Cabot, Nova Scotia on a five-day golf getaway. Golf at Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links. Package includes airfare via a private WestJet charter with an open bar and premium meals, four nights accommodation in Cabot Lodge, uh, five rounds of golf in the stunning Cabot Nova Scotia, plus a new U.S. golf tournament with prizes. Book now and get a $350 upgrade to premium economy. To reserve your tea time, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Again, uh, we are going to open up the phone lines. I know we've already got people lining up. Uh, and So you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. And uh, the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline is the same number, 780-496-0063. People are lining up, and we'll get to you. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.